0: So Microsoft, all all good stories start that way. So Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, right? We've all, everyone's seen this news. Everyone has seen this bit of news because it's crazy, crazy. They spent 187 trillion gazillion dollars, they might as well, buying Activision Blizzard. And, you know, everyone's been reporting about how that means that they own some really big gaming franchises now. Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and all of that. I mean, Call of Duty, that franchise has, what, like 100 million players right now? Like, it's insane. Like, the amount amount of gaming, modern gaming that Microsoft now owns is just off the charts. But when I saw that news, one thing really struck me. Activision. Microsoft now owns Activision. Now, for those of you who were maybe a little bit younger, Activision has been around a long time. I mean, since like the Atari 2600 days, fellas. And Activision has acquired or merged with so many gaming houses. So I wanted to take you through a very, very incomplete and very partial list of all the games that Microsoft now owns. <laughs> it's a lot of games. Uh, and it's not it doesn't st- I'm talking classic stuff, the good stuff. So let's start with the obvious recent stuff. They own Warcraft and StarCraft, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Crash Bandicoot, Quake. I don't know if a lot of you realize that, but they own Quake now. Uh that's pretty neat. Uh yeah, yeah, Microsoft Quake, MS Quake. Oh good god. Uh, but what about classic stuff? Well, how about Pitfall, River Raid, Zork, Mech Warrior? Yeah, Microsoft now owns Pitfall and Zork. Yeah, because Infocom and Activision they went and then the and then erp and then there you go. Now Microsoft owns that. They own Zork. It is dark and you are likely to be eaten by a Gru. And or Bill Gates, that that is a real thing now. It, that's insane. They own Zork, holy heavens! But they also own the the vast majority of the Sierra Online catalog. Yeah. So get this: so Vivendi Entertainment um, is part of Activision, or was part of Activision, or will be part of <laughs> anyway, whatever whatever phase that that buyout is in right now. Um, Vivendi Inter- Interactive or Vivendi Entertainment. They owned Sierra Online. King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest, Quest for Glory, and Leisure Suit Larry. Those are now Vivendi, Activision, Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Leisure Suit Larry, Roger Wilco. Oh my gosh. King's Quest. The whole King's Quest series is now owned by Microsoft. Let that sink in for a moment, folks. Now, there are some licensing deals in place already with this. Like, there's a, an entertainment company that has the license in order to produce Leisure Suit Larry games. And they they have been producing some Leisure Suit Larry games lately, um, which isn't a lot of else. Um, but, uh, but Microsoft, I believe, still owns the rights to them, though. And the back catalog. It, that is just... That is mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing. That is epically mind-blowing. Look at the... I Kings Quest, man. Now, now it's not just games, though, because Vivendi, Vivendi was a big company in its day. They once owned Berkeley Systems. What was that? What was that thing that Berkeley Systems had? Oh, yeah. After Dark, the screensaver package. Remember those flying toasters? Yeah. Does no owned by Microsoft. Microsoft owns the flying toasters. Oh, good lord. Good lord, we're all doomed. We're all doomed. Also heretic. Remember heretic? Yeah, heretic's great. Um uh, they they own they own that too. Microsoft owns owns all of that. Absolutely absolutely insane. Um this The best way for me to explain how I feel about this is in a satire piece I wrote. It's over in the Lunduk Journal entitled, I'm just going to read it to you now. Microsoft acquires Daniel Radcliffe in historic $73 billion deal. Suggests MS Radcliffe integration with Call of Duty World of Warcraft. And I've got a nice little picture of Daniel Radcliffe looking really, really bummed out. Uh, we are excited to add MS Radcliffe to our portfolio, says CEO. Hot on the heels of Microsoft's $70 billion purchase of video game powerhouse Activision Blizzard, the company has announced yet another acquisition for an even higher price tag. Pending federal approval, Microsoft will pay $73 billion to acquire Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe. Quote, We are excited to add MS Radcliffe to our portfolio of amazing Microsoft products, stated Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella. In the near future, we intend to add Radcliffe to popular Activision Blizzard games, including a playable character in Call of Duty and as a new race in World of Warcraft. We call them the Radcliffeans. During the press conference, one Microsoft executive suggested that the company may also be looking to revive the Microsoft Office Assistant line, often known simply as Clippy, with Radcliffe replacing the popular Paperclip. When asked about this possibility, Radcliffe stated, quote, I see you're grappling with the crushing weight of Microsoft purchasing everything you love. Would you like help with that? I don't know. I feel like that, <laughs> that kind of summed up my general feelings on the whole deal. It, Microsoft is purchasing so much of not just gaming history and some of the most amazing ga- gaming pieces of property and catalog in history, but significant portions of our childhood and adolescence and adulthood all in one fell swoop. Now, now if Microsoft were some super benevolent company that just had this awesome track record of producing nothing but quality games that were, were just, were just like love letters to gamers, maybe I'd feel differently about it. However... I have a little bit of a track record here. I have a backstory, a history. Another article I wrote over on Substack. Go ahead and read that one. That's a good one. I'm just going to read it to you now. I call it Microsoft's Bad History of Disrespecting Classic Video Games, a First-Hand Account. I'd like to tell you all a little story. Around the turn of the century, I worked for a wee company called Microsoft. At the corporate headquarters in redmond washington i worked in a number of buildings around what is known as main campus for a few of those years i worked in a building in building 25 the only reason that that is at all interesting other than that is the building where microsoft's drm implementation was created is that building 25 is directly across the street from building 16 17 and and 18. Those three buildings, as it happened, were all connected together with these really cool sky bridges. Big, wide hallways on an upper floor. I mean, they were wide. These weren't rinky-dink little office building hallways. You could drive a friggin' car through these sky bridges, with room to spare on each side. So, question... You're in a company filled to the brim with nerds. You have some big, impressive looking sky bridges that are empty and not being used for anything in particular. What do you do? Will you fill them with classic arcade video games? Obviously. Or at least you line the sides with arcades so there's still plenty of room to use them as hallways. Now on, on the article, <clears throat> I put a map. And this is a map of Microsoft main campus. And I kind of circled the area I'm talking about. This is three buildings that are, (coughs) excuse me, that are all connected together with these, these sky bridges. And they were just filled with games. It was amazing. So this is exactly what folks did. We're talking maybe two dozen arcade games were in these hallways at any given time, all set to free play naturally. Each game was brought in by employees who had their own personal collections. Oftentimes because they spent more time at work. Microsoft was famous for 80-hour work weeks back then. I, I benefited from those. Benefited was in air quotes. You couldn't see my air quotes. They were big air quotes. So bringing in some arcade games helped boost morale. It made the place feel that much more like a nerdy home. It was wonderful. It was this way for years and years. The arcades graced the hallways of these buildings and other buildings on Microsoft Main Campus long before my time. Long, long before. You fill a company with nerds, what happens? Arcade games. To be sure, these sky bridges weren't the only place that arcades could be found around Microsoft Main Campus. Many other buildings were known to have little clusters of arcades here and there. In this corner or that corner... But the sky bridges, filled with arcades were visually interesting. They were simply super cool. Most of the arcades were in good working order. Some were project machines that needed a little TLC and often got tinkered on after hours by some of the fellow nerds. It was honestly pretty awesome. It was very nerdy and was a great morale booster. Then, one day, Microsoft decided it was fed up with the arcade games. An email was sent out to every building that was known to have them, that if they were not removed from Microsoft main campus promptly, they would be tossed out into the garbage. So we scrambled. Many came in on the weekend to move machines out, to find new homes for them. Many had been purchased by employees with their own funds, specifically to be enjoyed by coworkers, their their intended home was the cubbies in the hallways of Microsoft. Some machines were donated by employees that didn't even work there anymore. Getting it all sorted out in short order was darn near impossible. In the end, many arcades did indeed get hauled away and destroyed by Microsoft. Classic arcades. Some working, some not, from the early 1980s through to the 1990s. Some arcades managed to be spared by flying under the radar, being temporarily moved, or being in buildings where the management was more classic game friendly, such as in some of the game groups over in what was known back then as the quote Red West campus. But enough were impacted to feel like a major downer. To say this was a blow to the morale of the arcade and classic game-loving nerds would be an understatement. Over times, over time many arcades were able to return at least in some areas but the damage was done and the anti-classic game vibe of microsoft management was shown so why do i bring this up well microsoft just bought activision and with it microsoft now owns some of the most important classic games in human history zork king's quest space quest pitfall and so many others games that are important not just to the history of gaming in general but to those of us who were there as the video game industry grew up and based on personal experience, when it comes to the preservation of classic video games, I don't trust Microsoft as far as I can throw them. Maybe Microsoft has changed since those days. I sure hope so, but honestly, there's no reason to believe they have. Will Microsoft assist in the preservation of these classics? Will they lock them away in their vault? Will they will they capitalize on them in a way that will disrespect their memories who knows time will tell it's up to Microsoft to prove that they truly care about the gaming legacy that they just purchased yeah so uh anyway I feel like I feel like that kind of sums up my series of thoughts on the whole deal I, I'm not I'm not optimistic I mean I guess there's there's some cause to hope and I, I always want to be a class half full guy if I can be. Um, Microsoft is not all bad. You know, it's it's a company of tens of thousands of people. It's huge. There's good people there. And there's people there that I do not like at all. And there's people that do not have the priorities that I have. There's people who are not legitimately nerds, who love the tech, who love the games, who love the history of it all. There's a lot of people there that just disrespect all of it. That said, there are a lot of people there that are passionate lovers and fighters for the history of old games. I know there are because I know some of them. So then the question becomes, is who will make the decisions at Microsoft? Which side will win out? And I have absolutely no idea. I am not hopeful. (laughs) Sometimes Microsoft makes good decisions. Sometimes they do. I, I have to be honest about that. Sometimes they do. A lot of the time, though, they really, really don't. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with Pitfall and Zork and Space Quest and King's Quest and everything and Quake and all of the rest of it. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be cool if they open-sourced a bunch of them? Or made them freely available? Or donated some of them to, to history museums? Or or just made them available in their original form for purchase again? Uh, I, I know some of them are available on, on sites like gog.com currently. Will those stay uh, available on gog.com? I don't know what the licensing and the, the, the distribution deal is with them. Will they still be able to do that? Can Microsoft renege on that at some point because they own activision now i i don't know i honestly have no idea i have no clue that doesn't bode well in my opinion anyway so uh yeah if you can get your hands on those games now if you can buy them from gog and whatnot now <laughs> I, I recommend doing so <laughs> i know i sure am happy i am i've got my drm free copies of all the the space quest king's quest and whatnot games just right there backed up i'm safe Whatever Microsoft does, those games are still in my heart and still in my soul for the rest of time. Anyway, uh, I hope everybody's having a great great wonderful time uh for those of you who have been supporting what i do over at uh, the Lunduke journal thank you so much Lunduke.substack.com and lunduke.locals.com. uh coming up is Lunduke fest uh that is happening on january 29th that is nine days from from today from the date of this recording i believe nine days yeah jeez. oh man is it coming up to be good uh almost the full schedule is posted um the the final full schedule I'm going to be posting tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun, lots and lots of cool shows, uh, lots of breakout sessions for people to hang out and talk about all sorts of cool things. We're just going to have a great, great nerdy day together. Uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Some of those shows will be available after the fact, um, mostly over uh, over to uh, the uh, Lenduk Journal subscribers, uh, at least first because. Come on. They, you know, they, they make it all happen. If you want to be involved in that, go ahead and subscribe to the Lunduke Journal, lunduke.substack.com or lunduk.locals.com. That subscription acts as your ticket to the Lunduke Fest. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you haven't checked it out already, uh the uh the uh the nerd trading cards are out. Uh I mean, come on, look at these. Look at these things. Uh oh, hold on, I gotta bring these up here because they're just they're just the coolest thing. Clicky clicky. Boom! 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 Yeah, look at all of them. I got uh, we got the TRS-80 Model One, the Osborne One, the Commodore PET, Mega Twelve Hundred, Apple II, and a bunch of other ones. Uh, uh, Go on over and and check those out. Uh, You can get get the links again over on uh, Lundu.substack.com and whatnot. And uh, you can buy those trading cards. You buy NFTs of those trading cards and collect them and trade them and whatnot. And all the funds go to, go to help support the work I do at the Duke Journal. It's a fun way to, to kind of support everything. And it looks cool. <laughs> cool things are cool. I hope everyone's having a fun time. I hope despite Microsoft buying things, they haven't bought you yet uh, Daniel Radcliffe, he's done for, uh, MS Radcliffe, we salute you. Uh, but hopefully they haven't gotten you or other things that you love yet. Uh, they, they will next week. I'm sure by the end of February, I'm pretty sure they will own absolutely everything. Uh, but, uh, they can't own our freedom. Anyway, I hope you're all having a great time. Love y'all and I'll see you later.